I realize that I have not been the, the regular voice from the pulpit of Antioch for over 10 years now. But those of you that were here when I was regularly preaching from the pulpit knew, know, experienced that when God would give me a direction, I would preach and teach that direction in whatever way he chose to do it until he was ready to move to a new direction. He that hath ears to hear. Hallelujah. I'm sorry I've waited on the Lord for this service tonight. I know I'm supposed to be in this pulpit. I've waited for something new, something different. Not happening. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. Some of you have heard me talk about this recently. You'll probably hear of it again in the really near future if you happen to come Tuesday night. I don't know exactly yet what the Lord's going to say, but I know this is not only a direction for Antioch. This is a direction for the Maryland, D.C. District. Some of you have already watched the Call to War live video briefing that is no longer live. It's archived, which was done last Saturday, a week ago, yesterday. It's on apostoliciron.com. It's spelled out together. That's my website. And uh, it's there for the watching. It is God's direction that he has given me for Call to War this year. But it's really not just for Call to War. It's for us. And he, he showed me that he was going to use this direction to put together a worldwide prayer, spiritual warfare prayer chain by time zone. Around the world by time zone. We're already, I, I, Brother Adam, I think if I remember lately, we're about, we've already got about 10 or 12 different time zones already committed. Right. Hey, that's only, that's half of them. It's only 24 of them. <laughs> and that's less than a week. Some folks are going to come here for call to war. Some folks are going to set up so that they can uh, stream call to war into their church for their people. And others are just going to commit to pray at the same time we do. But (laughs) I have (laughs) such a burden and passion more than I've ever had in my life to get the people of God to pray like Jesus has called us, commissioned us, and given us the responsibility to pray. If you follow me on Twitter or on Facebook, I post the same stuff on Apostolic Iron Facebook page as I do on my personal Facebook page. They only allow me 5,000 friends on Facebook. I... I didn't fill up the last couple of hundred. I got over a thousand requests right now for friends. Uh, and also now they let you follow someone on their personal Facebook page. It doesn't matter. You get the same posts either way. Easiest way, just go to Apostolic Iron. Oh, and by the way, uh, about three weeks ago on a Thursday night, 
we, we had a seed offering to be able to preach that first Arabic language post to a million more people. Didn't work. We were at one million, and I was trying to get us to go to two million. We only went to 3.2 million. Three million, 203,000 people who speak Arabic and read Arabic read throughout the world, read that Arabic language post, the first one. I said what I meant. You could go online and look at it. There's no evangelistic there. It'll say it. You scroll down. You keep scrolling down far enough. You'll get to that one where it's got all those lines. You can't recognize what they are. And read it for yourself. 300 3,200,000 people read that post. Jesus' name. Well... The Lord's ready to do something. But if we could just be willing to partner with God in prayer like He has called us to. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints... Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. You may be seated. For years I taught that uh, the the, uh, armor of God was, of course, the a breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the girdle of truth, uh, which was a be- is actually a, a, a tool belt or a weapon belt of truth. And uh, I taught that uh, you put on the, 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 the shoes of peace and then also you take up your shield of faith and sword of the spirit. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I didn't. I stopped there. I don't know why. It's in the middle of a paragraph, actually. I stopped. But verse 18 of chapter 6 of Ephesians tells you the next thing. Okay, no, actually, in the King James at least, verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word or rhema of God, colon, that means what's following the colon, is telling you how to take up the sword of the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I, I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am also, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. He made all of these awesome pronouncements from a prison in chains you say well that's terrible look what the the devil was winning are you kidding me I don't know of one single letter or epistle that became a part of the Bible that was written with Paul out of jail when God wanted Paul to focus on writing to the entire church 
He just had him put in jail. Okay, Paul, you can rest a while here. If you can call hanging from the wall by chains resting. They allowed, if, if I, my history is correct, they would allow him to have visitors and someone would come in and he would dictate and he, then they'd write it down. He was in chains in many of his situations. He said, I'm an ambassador in bonds. He, he didn't mean just in jail. He was an ambassador in bonds. And some of you are in bonds. You got a bad back. Maybe your eyesight isn't really good anymore. Maybe you got some other kind of bonds that you're in. To slow you down. To focus your time. It's not there for an excuse. If you have a, if you have faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have a right attitude toward the situation you're in, you'll see that God never lets you be in a tough spot without it having a purpose to benefit His kingdom. But what do we do? We murmur and complain. We bellyache. We accuse God and all of that when all He's done is try to get our attention and slow us down. Because we're so full of temporal life. We're so full of it. We're so full of temporal priorities. We're so full of temporal priorities. Everything I tweet and post on Facebook, it comes to me when I'm praying. I I don't sit and meditate on it and come up and say, I need something really cool to say today. Never. 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 I'm praying, and the Lord interrupts my prayer. And I have to get the iPad out and write that down so he'll leave me alone so I can keep praying. Literally. Because if I don't, it stays in my mind, and I want to pray. So he'll give me what it, 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 the stuff, and I'll write it down, and then I keep on praying. I'm through praying, and I'll write it, post it, whatever. But, uh, the, you know, it's been pretty strong on prayer. And, and, and one of my posts recently was, and I realize this is, uh, takes a little bit of thinking, but quote unquote prayerless preacher is both an oxymoron and a, and a paradox. Because there's no such thing as a true preacher who's prayerless. There are people who call themselves preachers. Who stand before people, sometimes even the people of God, and presume to preach. And they've done nothing more than token praying. While they come up with something cool to say. Something neat, something that will get them bragged on, their backs padded. Let me tell you something. If you're really here from God, people aren't going to be patting your back when they go out the door. That was really good today, Pastor. I don't remember a word you said. I don't remember your text. I don't remember your points. But all I know is it was entertaining while I sat there. And uh, thank you for not challenging me to be any different than I am. Well, why would you? If you're carnal enough to preach without praying, you're not going to preach to people to change. Oh, hallelujah. 
You know, I always envision getting up here and God giving me stuff and you just be going nuts with it. It just never happens like that. I wish the stuff I said was so obvious and was so unneeded that you could go, wow, that's just really good because I'm doing all of that. It is not enough to say you believe God's word and promises. If prayer is not the priority of your life, you're lying to yourself and God. I know that's strong. But if, if tonight, just if just a few more people out of this group left here truly changed and determined to be a part of what's happening in the spirit. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. What can three do? You just keep adding. It's the summertime. We're in the midst of this change. There hasn't been any real opportunity for any of these leaders to come up with any plans of any big efforts to do that. We're having we're, we're having increase. We're having sinners show up without any organized effort to reach them. Do you know why that is? Because somebody is praying. What would happen if most of us prayed and then we added real biblical effort with that? To be used of God to speak to those that are lost as He opened the door for us. What would happen? See, I, I got a problem. I'm not here. I'm not, I know it sounds like I'm rebuking. I said this the other night in a leadership meeting. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not mad at anybody. If you took my pulse rate right now, I doubt seriously it'd be 70. I don't mean on the low side. I mean on the high side. I'm not all cranked up inside. I'm not angry at anybody. I'm not mad at anybody. But I have given myself to be a conduit of not only the Lord's words, but His passion. My, my, if you took my blood pressure right now, you'd think I was sick because it'd be so low. Not cranked at anybody. I'm just trying to tell you something. If this church will truly pray the way it's been taught to pray, if you, you, you know, <laughs> let me tell you something. There's a lot of days I get up and pray the stuff I'm told to pray. What I, that I'm, the word says for me to pray, the spirit says to me to pray. And I don't see anything immediately for it. I don't feel anything great witness for it. But the Word of God says do it. It's like building a wall out of brick or block. You don't know which one is going to be the last one. You don't know when He's going to say, that's the one that finishes it. Now I can do it. There ain't no widow going to outpray me. She wouldn't leave the unjust judge alone. 
And the Lord said, He may bear long with us, but when it's time, He's going to answer it speedily. You know what? I'm praying every day as if this is that day. And if it's not that day, tomorrow I'm going to pray like this is that day. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow, I'm praying on Tuesday like this is the day. And I'm going to keep on praying like that. Because one of these days, it is going to be the day. I love you very much, but I got I got news for about... 25 or 30 of you sitting here you're not the only ones on the list you don't believe me I'm not going to go right here right now I could bring a witness up here and show you in my app I got a one of my apps I've got a Holy Ghost hit list that's what I call it this is the group of people that the hand of God is on their life that he's preordained that they, there are specific people they're going to reach, but they're not committed. They're not involved. They're not, they're not given over to the ministry. And my prayer every day for you is, Lord, whatever it takes, don't hold anything back. Sickness, tragedy, financial ruin, do not let anybody that you've called to be a part of your kingdom live their life their way and let the people that you have foreordained that they should be the roadblock for that person's way to hell. Don't let them go to hell because somebody wants to do their own thing. I'm sorry to tell you something. It, you... Some of you don't really know who I am anymore. Your problem? I'm just now finding out who I really am. I'll just leave that right there for right now. So he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And he said, pray for me. And I, I pray for all the ministry. Anybody speaking the word, not somebody in a pulpit, but anybody ministering the word of God, this, I pray for this. For that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Lord, give us a spirit of utterance, a supernatural ability to speak the word of God, and let us speak it with boldness and faith. With conviction, with passion, with power, with authority. Put this one on a string, please. First Thessalonians chapter, I think it may be first, it's either first or second. Let's try first Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Then if that's not it, we'll go to second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Hallelujah. That's not it. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Thank you. Hallelujah. Finally, brethren, pray for us. That's not just some words in the, in the book. For this to happen requires prayer. My God. That the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified 
even as it is with you. I, I got to go here because you, 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 you got to hear. You got to hear what that means, free course. Listen to this. This is what I'm supposed to be praying for. I'm reading to you from the Amplified. Furthermore, brethren, do pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed on, spread rapidly, and run its course and be glorified, extolled, and triumph, even as it has done with you. And and, and then uh, a week's expanded translation. Uh, Finally, brethren, Finally be praying, brethren, for us. To the end, the word of the Lord might be spreading rapidly and be continuously glorified, even as is, even as it is doing in your case. Ah, let me try one more here. The Bible in basic English. For the, for the rest, my brothers, let there be prayer for us that the word of the Lord may go forward with increasing glory, even as it does with you. You're not getting it. I guess you have no family that you want to stay out of hell. Or maybe you're the modern wave of Pentecostals that believe Acts 2 38 until you have a family member die who didn't obey Acts 2 38, and all of a sudden they don't believe Acts 2 38 anymore because they can't imagine their loved one being lost. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You know why you're doing that? Because it's the only way you can have peace knowing you didn't pray. Because if you prayed and you let the Lord use you, not to, not, not to be abusive or, or whatever, but you, you prayed and every time the Lord gave you an opportunity, you didn't refrain from sharing with wisdom and kindness and love, but you spoke the truth. You spoke it in love. If you prayed, you spoke the word in love, God will give you peace, even though your loved one probably is lost. Oh, I know, I know. We all pray it. I pray it. At the graveside, we commit the soul of this person into the hands of a just and living God. Yes, we do. I'm not God. I don't know everything. But I'm going to tell you this right now. The the one I'm committing them into the hands of is the one that wrote this book. You think he's going to violate his own word so you can feel better about a loved one you didn't hardly pray for? My God. It is time for the church to come out of its closet and begin to, first of all, begin to learn to pray and then obey God because God's going to use us to turn the world upside down. Or I really should say it this way, right side up. It's already upside down. Calling good evil and evil good. It's already upside down. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I I, I cannot, I I don't want to get loose, but I cannot get loose from these verses. These verses work in my mind and spirit. 
24 hours a day. I know what I just said. Verse 17, Ephesians 1. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. You have any idea how many times I have loosed that on you. You have any idea how many times I've spoken unto every preacher in this family, every saint of God in their family. It's a part of Antioch, the apostolic church. I speak the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him upon you. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know. That you may know what is the hope of His calling. It's bad enough the world doesn't know who you are. But when you don't know who you are, it's crippling. It's bad enough you don't know who, the world doesn't know who you are. Do you think Christ working in that carpenter shop until the day after, or not too long after his 30th birthday, you think he didn't know he was the Christ? He said at age 12, I must be about my father's business. He knew who he was. He just knew it wasn't time. It's, it's bad enough that the world doesn't know who you are. But you don't know who you are? <laughs> the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him that you might know that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened that you might know what is the hope of His calling. You've already heard this, haven't you, Baltimore? How many of you Baltimore has been praying different since that service? May the 1st, Sunday night, May the 1st. Come on. Uh, either you have or you haven't. Let me see your hands. You've been praying since, different since that night. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and in the saints. <laughs> He's really stupid. You show up in the service. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I put a hedge of angels around this service. You cannot leave, devil. You're going to stay. You want to come to church? You're at church now. You're not leaving. Until I say so. You wanted to come here? You wanted to disrupt this? Well, you're now here and you're not going anywhere until I say so. <laughs> we now have a few guests. Except we're not going to treat them with respect like we do every other guest. Because I want to remind him again. Of how stupid he is to show up here. That the, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. The 
devil wants to say it's hard to be saved. That's a lie. It's hard to be lost. You've got to work to be lost. You've got to choose to be lost. You've got to plan to be lost. You've got to purposely do things to be lost. It's a lie. It's not hard to be saved. I didn't have to die for me. I didn't have to shed my blood. I didn't have to take my own sins away. I didn't have to fill me up with power. All I had to do was let him do it. There's something that the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul wanted you to know. He wanted you to get this. It wasn't enough for you to hear it with your ears or try to comprehend it with your mind. He wanted the eyes of your your spiritual understanding to be enlightened so that you could know, have a firm working knowledge of your hope of his the hope of his calling. Of the uh, of the of the of the the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Do you understand that the church of the living God is the reason God created all of this in the first place? I don't have time to prove that, but I'm telling you, the Word of God teaches that the I am God was nobody but Him, but He was a God of love. But he was all by himself. He was everything. But he was all there was. And he wanted to love somebody. And he did all of this. I, if you've got about six or eight hours, I can prove this to you. Dot every I'd cross every T. And you'll leave here knowing, convinced mentally, this is book. I'm prepared for that and I don't need any notes to do it. You are his inheritance. You're the reason he did all of this. Not for you to have church. Not so you clap your hands a little bit. Not so you talk in tongues a little bit. Oh God. Oh God. Third thing he wants you to know. What is the exceeding Greatness of His power to usward, toward us who believe. And then He defines how great that power is. Verse uh, 19, the last part there. How, how great is that power? According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead, and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. You say, that's wonderful, but what does that have to do with me? Everything. The Catholic Church has its head in Rome. Muslims, they have to go to Mecca or worship or whatever. Got to pray in the East. Different denominations have their headquarters different places. 
But the church of the living God, I'm going to tell you where its headquarters is. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where the headquarters of the church of the living God is. The exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe. I tell you something, preacher. If you don't consistently speak the word of faith in your prayer every day, you can speak it in the pulpit and nothing's going to happen. Oh, Jesus. Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the end of this summer, Lord, I speak the word of authority that every prayerless preacher that's a part of Antioch will be exposed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command it to be so. I'm not trying to be mean. Let me tell you something. If you're not going to pray, you don't have any bull business standing in front of a, a group of people and proclaiming the Word of God. Your sermon, even if it's the best one ever delivered, is worthless if it's preached by prayerless preacher. Hallelujah. You know what I love about being 70? I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. I'm going to please him. And anybody else don't like it, they can take it up with him. I'm pleasing him. Him. He's the only one I got to please. I love you. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. It's the greatest act of love there is. You might have read that online as a post a few days ago. The greatest act of love there is is telling somebody the truth whether they want to hear it or not. <laughs> he wants us to know, have a working knowledge of what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. And where did He put Him? Remember, all of this is toward usward. All of this is talking about the power, the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe all of this is talking about that. Raising from the dead, setting His own right hand in, uh, in, in heavenly places. Where did He put Him? Far above. Far above. All principality and power. And my, That's why this, the one that showed up here, the ones that showed up here, they're so stupid. Because you know where they're going to be before this is over with? It is my full intent to make it very expensive for the devil to ever show up at church where Antioch is again. You know what he wants us to do? He wants us to play patty cake. I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. I never played patty cake as a kid, and I sure don't play it now. No, sir. He can squirm all he wants, but he can't leave. See, because this, this wall of angels, I work with them every day. 
You see any blushing? You see any eye twitching from lying? I said, I work with this wall of angels every day. And I know they're more than powerful enough to maintain the word I've spoken and keep every one of those devils here. Because I'm, I'm about to tell them what's going to happen. Before this is over with, I'm binding them with chains and fetters of iron and casting them into the pit straight from this building. Because they dared be stupid enough to come here and try to bother and interfere with the church of the living God. You know why? They, they can't... It's over for them if you ever find out what, who you are. Oh, Brother Wright, the devil. Oh, we, we got to be, you know why you're afraid of the devil? Because you don't pray. The only Holy Ghost filled person that's afraid of the devil is somebody that doesn't pray. You know what? He didn't have to be afraid of me. <laughs> he didn't have anything to fear from me. Now the one in me, ah, he ought to be afraid of him. Because greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. You don't believe that. <laughs> you don't believe that. You don't believe. I'm sorry, I love you, but you don't believe that. I've taught and preached shame since 1993. And I've taught and preached inner healing since 1984. I have compassion and mercy on those who, who were like me. And there were things in their life the adversary owned. <laughs> and he used the, them to manipulate. But you got to understand something. <laughs> When you get free, it's supposed to cost him. The book says, for your shame, you're supposed to have double. That's what the book says. Forgive me, I'm greedy. I'm not accepting double. He that hath ears to hear, you can just hear this any old way you want to hear it. But I'm not settling for double. I'm not settling for triple. I haven't settled on what I'm going to settle on yet. He spent 38 years tormenting me in bondage with shame. I'm going to accept double for that. Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places, far above. He's far above. Where he is, is far above. All principality, all power, or authority, all might, 
all dominion and every name that is named. Here it is. Now you ready? Not only. When? Where? You see, if I said, do you believe that's going to be true in heaven? Oh, yeah, praise God. Woo, yeah, it's going to be true in heaven. But do you believe it's true right now? No. Thank you for responding. That's very kind of you. I just wish you believed your response. Because there's only one way to prove you believe your response. And that's to pray like you believe it. Because if you don't pray like you believe it, you don't believe it. Not only in this world. Is that, is that in the Bible? Is that in your Bible? Did we confiscate all the Bibles and insert that in there just so I could deceive you? Of course not. Did you see what that just said? He's far above all principality, power, might, and dominion and every name of his name. He says it this way, not only in this world. He's, that phraseology tells me it's so ob- it should be so obvious to us that it's this world. In the same manner in which it will be in what's to come. Not only in this world. As if, okay, you, you, know, you, you know he's there already in this world. But hey, this that's happened in this world, that's where it's going to be in the world to come. Is this what you want in the world to come? Not me. Not me. I don't want this in the world to come. Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world which is, but also in that which is to come now. You ready? Are you ready? Next verse. Next verse. And hath put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things, not to the church. Meaning, he's not just the head over the church. He's the head over all things for the benefit of the church. I know this is simple. But if he is the head. Oh, next verse. I'll read that before I get into all, all this. And hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Whose body? The body of the one who is currently sitting on the throne of heaven, ruling over the universe. Paul prayed that you would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in this knowledge so that you would know the eyes of you the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so you would know that you have been supernaturally placed into a body whose head is already there already on the throne 
already ruling over all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Genesis 1, 26, please. My God, have mercy. And God said, let us make man after our image and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Next verse. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Next verse. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. If you and I are fulfilling the purpose for which we were created spiritually, and you're here because somebody did that. But this is a spiritual application for us. So our first responsibility that man was created for was to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And subdue it. I love you so much. I can't possibly tell you how much I do. And I love you such a small fraction. The only way my love for you is of any significance is that I have prayed diligently to be a conduit of His love for you. But I am so weary of the victim mentality of people who have repented of their sins. Who have had that old man buried in water, in a watery grave, with the name of Jesus called over you and the blood of Jesus applied in your life. And you've been made partaker of the divine nature when He filled you with His Spirit. And I am so weary of the victim mentality. Poor us. Poor us! We have it so rough. We don't have enough money. We don't, we don't, I, don't, I, I don't live in a nice, nice enough place. I don't drive a nice enough car. I, don't, I, don't, I can't go on vacation where I want to. And, and, and I'm just tired all the time. And, and my kids are driving me nuts. And I don't know what to do. I just got it so rough. And worse than that, God doesn't care. You know, the Bible says some men's sins go before them to judgment and some, by, some men's follow after. My dear beloved brothers and sisters, I pray that true repentance comes to your life and that you don't meet this attitude at the judgment instead of it being sent to heaven first and judged and, and already taken care of by the blood so that when you get there, you don't have to face it there. The world is going to hell. Hell is worse than you can describe or imagine. And it is forever. And my little dinky life that I'm so bogged down with. The dinky life I choose to live rather than the great one he has called me to. is so huge compared to my faith. I don't have time to pray.
And when I do pray, I just complain to God about how bad I got it. I said, Brother Wright, that's, there's no compassion in that. You're absolutely right. There's no compassion in that. When that, that attitude is your excuse for not being involved with people that are going to spend eternity in hell but who are blind and don't know how to be saved because they need somebody to pray for them and somebody to talk to them and I'm going to have compassion on your excuses for letting people go to hell because it's inconvenient for you. You know what? There was two of us here when we got here. And I'm not preaching like I'm afraid there'll be two of us here when we leave. You can't. I've, I've, heard, I've heard it said here recently. You can't preach to this world like that. You're missing a point. I'm not preaching to this world like that. I'm preaching to people who claim they're saved. I want to be saved too. I want to be saved more than anything else in this world. But my problem is this. I can't believe. I can't find anywhere in the scripture where I can be saved and not care about somebody else being saved. I can't find it. I can't find it. What am I supposed to do, brother? I don't know what to do or say. Let me tell you something. There's one thing God's called every one of us to, and it's not about gifting. It's about faith. At the foot of the cross, when it comes time to pray, we're all equal. We're all equal. It's not a preacher. God doesn't look there and say, well, there's a preacher praying. I'm going to listen to him. Well, that's just a lowly saint. I'm not going to listen to them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, it's not true. You, could, could you get this? Could you, could you possibly get this? Let me tell you the position I pray from every day. In the early part of my prayer every day, sometimes as I'm praying in tongues and waiting on the Lord, it takes me a little longer to get to that place because I don't rush there. As the Lord leads me to that place, I'm just loving Him and worshiping Him and whatever He's praying through me in tongues He does or whatever praise He gives me to do, I do that. But when it's time to start praying, I confess. Father, I am communicating with the one who became Logos and was robed in flesh and died on the cross for me who is buried and resurrected, and who is now the Father made flesh incarnate, sitting on the throne of the universe, ruling over the universe. And I am, He is my head. You are my head, Father. And I am a part of your body. And I am praying, Father, from the position of being a part of that body. And if you're my head and all things are under your feet and I'm your body, these are the only feet you got. I don't mean my feet, the feet of the body. 
How about, how about Romans chapter 16, verse 20? Jesus' name. Here's why some of you don't pray. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your, peace, your, your feet shortly. Do, do, do you know why? You know why so many of you don't pray like I'm talking about? Because you don't have peace. You know why you don't have peace? Because you don't cast your cares. So you're full of trouble, full of pressure, full of cares. That the Bible says if you're still carrying them, you're full of pride and God's your opponent. I got book. You want to see it? Everything you don't release to God, God becomes the enemy of you working it out. Everything you don't pray and release to God, God becomes the enemy, the adversary of your efforts to fix it. Okay, okay, okay. I think I'm coming back here. Maybe I just quoted. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Listen now. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Okay, well, I'm not proud. I'm a Christian. I'm not proud. What does he mean, he resists the proud? He's not resisting me and gives grace to the humble. Wait a minute. Let's let the Bible interpret itself. Let's let the Bible tell us what's pride and what's not. Next verse. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Colon, how do I humble myself so God is not the resister of my efforts? Next verse. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Everything you don't cast, God becomes the adversary of you fixing it. You don't mean that. I mean that absolutely, literally, 100% the truth. Oh, no, God is a good God. He's not opposing my efforts to deal with my life. Oh, so the Bible's a liar and you're true? Did you just read what it said? God resisted. Do you know what that word resist is? It's the same Greek word. Go back. Go to the next verse. Listen to this next verse. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary of the devil is the roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Next verse. <laughs> whom resist? And he's, God's telling you to resist the devil, right? Same Greek word back in verse 5. When God says he resists the proud. The exact same Greek word. So the way I'm supposed to resist the devil is the way that God is resisting those who are Staying in control of your life, hanging on to your problems, trying to figure them out, trying to work them out. You know what the Bible says, God helps those that help themselves. That's hell's Bible. That's the Bible that says that. Hell's Bible. Because that's not in the book. God helps those that cast all their care upon Him. He resists those that don't. Brother Wright, you just don't know how bad I've got it. So we're going to have a contest now to see whose problems have been worse than our worst? You're kidding me, right? One of the greatest men I knew, I stood about four inches. I hope I, my breath stuff was working. I stood about four inches from his nose after a meeting yesterday 
one of the greatest men of God I know. I didn't know he's going next week, the week after next, to the doctor for three days of tests. I didn't know that. But all I knew was he was so weighted down, so under so much pressure. He was so whatever. And I preached this message to him yesterday. He said, I've never heard this like this. I said, he said, I, I always believed we were supposed to make it happen. Really? God says, I tell you what, boys. The world's going to hell. Now I'm going to sit back here and I'm just going to just relax and see what you can do about it. That's in the Bible, isn't it? Make it happen. If I'm trying to make it happen, that means I'm trying to make God do it. How can I make him do something that was his idea in the first place? He's the one trying to... He, I've said this to, to some of you. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. You're not waiting on God. Well, I don't have any opportunities. You don't have any opportunities because you've got your own conditions on it. Okay, Lord, I'll work for you on these conditions. You let me do it and get all the glory, and then I'll work for you. Well, you're not working for him. You're working for yourself, and you're living a lie because it's not really for him. It's for you. What, is there anything wrong with wanting people to think well of you? Uh, how long do you have? How long do you want to hear the lesson on why that's wrong? Church is built on a personality who's trying to please the crowd. They're all going where that personality's going. And it ain't heaven. Brother, right, you're just throwing this stuff around tonight. Let me tell you something. If I wasn't praying, this would be reckless. It's okay with me. There's my witness. Ask her if you don't believe I'm telling you the truth. If anybody in this room knows I'm telling the truth, it's this one sitting right there. She never gets up that I'm not praying. Is that truth? You know why I can talk like this? Because I pray for you every day. Literally. I pray for you every day. And I am so desperate for you not to accept less than what God has got for you individually and collectively. I am so desperate. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to express it. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. I don't know how to put it. I, I, I can't. I don't know how, other than simply say to you, I am so desperate for you individually and collectively to not receive and be anything less, not one little bit less than all God has for you. Do you understand that in those seventh anniversary services, I'm what, like uh, 
78, so I'd have been 32. I'm 32 years old. Right? I'm 32. And here, here I'm in this church and just, you know, trying to dig something out of nothing. There was nobody here, nothing here. Just the two of us. I didn't have any training for this. I didn't know what to do. I just had a faith. I was called and a passion to do it. And I wasn't going to sit back and wait on what to happen. I was going to pray. We were going to battle. And we were going to do whatever God said do and do it till, till it happened. And we weren't going to settle for it not happening. And so we, I'm just, uh, the name of our church is First United Pentecostal Church of Annapolis, Maryland, Inc., I-N-C, Incorporated. That's our name. That's a mouthful, isn't it? You knock on the door, I'm pastor of the First United Pentecostal Church of Annapolis, Maryland, Incorporated. Not I said all that, of course, but I'm pastor of the First United Pentecostal Church. And I said it so fast to get to the next part so they didn't interrupt me or slam the door in my face. I'm sure they had no idea what I said. And I'm minding my own business in seventh anniversary services. The same weekend he received the Holy Ghost. The same set of services he got, got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in. And the Lord said, the, the man, the, the prophet that preached for us that day, it was the first time he'd ever been here and the last time he's ever been here. He had no history with this church. I had no personal knowledge of him. First time I met him was when I met him at the gate when he got off the plane. That's back when you could go to the gate. And he prophesied on Sunday night, I will make this church in Antioch. It will be a place to come to. And to go out from for worldwide revival. Some of you were there. Yes, sir. I never got up and said, now, church, you know, the, I, I, it looks like the Lord's changed our name. And maybe we need to start calling us Antioch. Never happened. From that day forward, everybody, without discussion, started calling this church Antioch. Because every time they said Antioch, it was a confession that they believed the promise that God said that night. And then in September 1979, a man that was saved here, but he, he was from a little different background than me, and so he, he struggled with me personally at times. And he... Uh, he but he had won a bunch of people down in Calvert County and he was on his way down there the next month to start a church. And once he started that church, he wouldn't let those folks even fellowship with Antioch anymore. The reason I tell you all that is because he prophesied. <laughs> this, is, this is a guy that not only had nothing to gain, he didn't have any use for me. And God used him to interpret tongues that said, I will make this church like a black dot on a white sheet and a bright star on a black night. If you're here, if you're brand new here, or you've been here since pretty much the beginning, God has trusted you to be a part of that. Well, are you saying you're better than others? And this is not about anybody else. This is about what God said to us and whether or not we're going to believe it. It's not, it's not about whether we're going to be bigger or better or better than somebody else. 
There's no motive of that. There's no, that's not what this is about. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Rise up, Antioch. When we bought this property, the Lord spoke. And we painted it on a sign and put it out on this property. And it took years for it to happen. Everything in the world fought against it. But we put a sign out on the road that said, Here rises Antioch. If God be for us, who can be against us? Some would say, what arrogancy. No, you don't understand the motive behind that. Was it arrogancy? It was faith. It was faith. It was faith. That's why there's an Antioch of Baltimore and West Antioch. And there's going to be a D.C. Antioch and a Prince George's County Antioch and an Eastern Shore Antioch and a Calvert County Antioch and a Baltimore County Antioch and a Howard County Antioch and a Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We are a part of the United Pentecostal Church and I have no desire or and never see the day that we will not be a part of the United Pentecostal Church. But we can be a cooperative good attitude, good spirit, fellowship and part of this body and still completely become all that God has prophesied for us to be. So you know why some of you don't pray like this? Because you can't pray like Ephesians 1 if you don't have peace. If you don't have peace. Casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. What does that mean, brother, right? That literally means you give up control of it. You give it to God and say, whichever way you have it turn out, that's your business. I'm not telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Here it is, I give it up to you. And since I'm giving this to you and I now got peace from this place of peace, now I can be involved with you in the kingdom work, in kingdom praying. I can now be involved with you in kingdom praying because I don't have to pray about all my problems and difficulties and all this stuff. I don't have to figure out all my problems. I have to come up with all my answers. No, 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 no. All I have to do is cast. Trust me. Trust me. Some of you look at the end result of all this, this uh, dividing up we've done. And some of you, because you would have an agenda if it was you, have did put your heart on my heart and said all of this was my agenda. Really? You believe that? Let me tell you something. The Lord didn't give me a plan. He said, do this. Okay. He didn't tell me why to do that. He just said, do this. And then he said, well, do this. Okay. I don't know where you're going with this, but okay. Well, do this. And I go, well, wait. If I do this, then that has to be done. Oh, wow. Wait, if I do that, then this has got to be done. And then I began to listen because it wasn't over with yet. I didn't press him. 
I didn't seek for answers. I just kept casting, kept binding, loosening, praying the king to work, and kept listening. And it just kept coming. And, and you've got to understand something. Every single change that's been made here, ask these guys. I stood in opposition to every one of those changes for years. Because it wasn't what I thought God was going to do or how he was going to do it. Not one of those things. He was never coming back to, to, to Pastor Arnold again. What's going to happen? Because he's got to go around to these churches. Because i got to travel the world. Well, if he's going back to Arnold, where's he going? Well, I've been trying to tell you it's time to start a third congregation. Him? Yeah, him. Okay. All right. Who's going to go around to all these churches now? He said, who do you think? I don't know. You think I'm kidding. Truth before God. I don't know. You. But I thought you had me traveling the world. Well, you go when I tell you to go and, I, and you'll be able to handle the rest. Don't go when I don't tell you to go and it'll all be okay. That simple? That simple. Wow. Oh. Agenda? Agenda? Hey, I'm not the smartest fellow in the world, but I'm pretty smart. Okay? All right? My carnal mind tells me, do you know how it looks to have one son leading Mother Church and another son leading one of the congregations? Do you know how that looks? He said, is that your problem or mine? He, he reminded me, don't you know that it looked like I was illegitimate? And I let people think I was illegitimate to test their hearts. I'm not even asking for you to look illegitimate. I'm just asking you to do what I said and let me worry about what people going to think about it. I said, but what are you going to do about it? He said, by the time I get through confirming what I told you to do, there won't be anybody with any questions. I love him very much. But there's not any other preacher in this room I would have done the same thing to you that I did to him. He knew how many people were here on Sunday morning. And he takes a group that's barely two-thirds of that. There's some good folks still here. We prayed about it. Good people still here. There's some good folks left too. (laughs) 
I didn't do this against him. I just don't know I could have done that to anybody else here. Because I, I'm, I'm expecting him to know me enough and know I love him enough that this wasn't punishment, it's trust. Not only that, guess what? He gets to take what was here and takes what's left. And now he gets to put his whole vision on this, which he hasn't been able to do before because it wasn't the way the structure was set up. But now it is. Now, sitting here right now, when he had to move everybody up to the front on Sunday morning because if you let them spread out, it looks like there's nobody here. I was here Sunday morning, today. So he brought everybody up to front. And there was a great move of God here. Everybody tried really hard. But you could still feel it. Exactly what Brother Simpson preached tonight. It's that feeling like, what's happening to the mother? Look at all the folks that are gone. And like Brother Simpson said, Baltimore's excited, Antioch West is excited, but the folks that are still here, they come to the same building, and it looks like defeat. It looks like it's diminished. But what is really happening is this is God's vehicle for revival. And all of us will get past this as soon as we get it in our minds and hearts that we are a part of the ministry of, on Sunday morning. The ministry is not to us because Sunday morning is evangelistic. So rather than thinking, where's everybody at and where am I going to get anything? It's me, 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 me. No, no, no. You will get over all of this when you understand Sunday morning is not for the church. It's the church for the world. Well, if that's the case, I'll just come Sunday night. <laughs> you heard that, Jesus. You make the list for those. I'll create a special list of them. Does it look like I'm kidding? Let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I've taught this before. I know I have. But all those times in the scripture where it says... Ask anything in my name and I'll do it. And we've asked for all kind of stuff and it didn't. God didn't give it to us. We say, well, that doesn't work. I finally got tired of hearing that, decided to study that carefully and found that every single place in the Bible where there is a carte blanche, open invitation to pray whatever you want to pray was always in the context of praying for the kingdom to come and the lost to be saved. It was never an open invitation to pray for what you want for you. Ever. And you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm like a kid in a candy store every morning. 
I'm saying, okay, Lord, what is there I can pray about I hadn't realized yet I could pray and ask? I mean, I started out, and you know that because some of you can't sleep. <clears throat> Lord, every person that's not truly committed to you, they come to church, but they're not committed. They don't need to be sleeping. So in Jesus' name, I bind them from being able to sleep. How's that going? How's that happening for you? Well, if you're taking something to go to sleep because you can't sleep, <laughs> I, I've recently begun to pray that your sleep aids won't work. Because God gives His beloved sleep. And if you can't sleep, you're supposed to be awake and praying. You're, 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 you're being mean, brother, right? Mean? Mean? People are going to hell. Thank you. Oops. Sorry. People are going to hell. Do you understand that? Some of you hang out with people that you've never witnessed to. You've never even told them you went to church regularly. You're embarrassed over that. Well, let me tell you something. I hope you repent, but the problem is going to be you're going to stand in judgment before God for every one of those people. And they're going to say, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know, and I didn't know. And, 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 and you're going to say to them, but I put him in your life. I put her in your life. But they never said anything. I know I'm about to take care of them for that. You are accountable eternally before God for every person that crosses your path. Brother, you can't mean that. Are you kidding me? I can't preach on the job. Fine. Lunchtime, that's right. You don't have to eat. Preach. But I, I, I don't want to be offensive. And let me tell you what. The only offensive thing is if you've been living an inconsistent life, you're trying to tell somebody how to be saved, and you're not living that. That's offensive. You laughing at their dirty jokes. Maybe telling one or two of your own. And then you're going to try to tell them to come to church. Yeah, that's pretty offensive right there. You don't have to be holier than thou. You don't have to have an attitude to just be, be a nice person and a moral person around them. But, but I, I don't know what to say. I know. Because the people that don't know what to say don't pray. Because if you pray, He will give you the words to say to that person. But I'm shy. Do you know the advantage that is? Those people that run off the mouth because that's their personality. God bless every one of them. They don't know when God's giving them something or not unless they really, 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 really pray. But people like me, when I'm around somebody and something comes for me to say, that ain't nobody but God because I don't know what to say by myself. You can think what you want to, but that's the truth. 
I'm 70 years old and it's not one easier, it's not one bit easier today for me to meet new people than it was when I was 10. It's just as awkward for me today, naturally. So when God gives me something to say, I know it's God. Now, if you're one of those folks, you got one of those outgoing personalities, you can just be friendly with everybody. God bless you. You are ten times more accountable. <laughs> you can't tell me you got a problem. Well, I'm afraid to talk to people. Really? <laughs> people are afraid you won't shut up. Let me tell you something. Don't, don't miss the message of this, this message. The point of this message. Pray. What am I supposed to pray? <laughs> I just give you a, it's just small, short taste, okay? After I prayed all this other stuff and and I've received grace, mercy, and peace. And I've done my casting. And I've, I've confessed that without him I could do nothing. And so I want the grace of God to work in me both the will and do it as good pleasure. And then his nurse, mercy is new every morning. And so I, I, I let I repent or whatever, confess whatever it is I can think of. I pray for all that. And I get all that. Finally, I'm, I'm ready to begin to participate in ministry praying. Depending on how I feel, I'm talking in tongues a while. But here, he, taught, uh, he told us to pray. And I have now come to the conclusion that it is my eternal responsibility to pray these things. So, our Father which art in heaven is just another way of saying the head of this body is already by the exceeding greatness of his power put on the throne in heaven, ruling over all principality and power and might and dominion in this world and every name in this world and put all things under our feet because we're in the body and he's the head over all things to us, the church, and we are his body. He fills us all in all. That's who I'm praying to. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose the name of Jesus to be manifested in the earth in salvation, in deliverance, in healing, in protection, in provision in the name of Jesus. And depending on what I feel, I, I go off on that a while. And, uh, and, then, and then, praise God, and then I loose the kingdom of God to come in manifestation. I take dominion and authority through the kingdom of God over every principality and power and ruler of darkness and wicked spirits in the heavenlies. And that little voice will stupidly say like these that are hanging around in here, you don't have a right to pray that. And so I get to grind on him with my heel a little bit farther. You, you know who's praying this. You tell me I don't have a right to pray this. I'm a part of the body whose head has already won all the victory and is on the throne. This isn't even a contest. Are you stupid to argue with this? This isn't even a contest. It's only spiritual warfare because you don't get it yet. There's no contest. I'm not the one praying. I'm not contending with the devil. I'm just a conduit.
loose the name of Jesus or the kingdom of God to be manifested in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I loose hunger and thirst after righteousness to go to every other every soul under the covering of this authority, saved and unsaved, to cause them to hunger for Jesus and to hunger for the kingdom of God and to hunger for truth and righteousness in the name of Jesus and however long that takes and whatever all it gives you to praise in it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose the logos that's already predetermined before the foundation of the world that already exists in heaven, the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the kingdom of God, the mystery of God. I loose that into the earth, into this atmosphere to come to pass. I lose every promise that God has made to come to pass. I lose every oath that God's made, especially the one to Abraham, to come to pass. And whatever all the Lord gives me there. And then after I prayed that, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke the devourer who tries to consume the resources of the kingdom of God. You said no man goes to war in his own charges. I trust you as my father for what I'm going to eat. But I, play, I pray protection and a hedge around all the provision for the, for the kingdom and for the work of the ministry, for the body of Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I loose the spirit of God and the grace of God upon every one of us to, to shine a light in our hearts and quit and help us to quit lying to ourselves about our offenses. It, we, we call them hurts and, and, and wounds and, and, and whatever. But God, God, give us the grace to acknowledge our offenses towards you, towards others, towards ourselves, and that we would forgive every one of them by your grace that you might close the doors that the devil can use to defeat us. And then I lose the grace of God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God to shine light into every heart under the covering of this authority, saved and unsaved, to point out the sins in our lives. I lose the Spirit of grace and the gift of grace that we might repent, that we might be forgiven. I lose the Spirit of revival. I lose the Spirit of renewal. I lose the Spirit of refreshing. I lose the Spirit of, of restoration. I lose the Spirit of of revelation. I lose the spirit of relationship. I lose the spirit of revival. The spirit of reaping. The spirit of the harvest. And rarely do I ever just pray for each one of those in a word or two. And then, Father, I lose your grace to empower us to, to be crucified to our flesh. That we would have victory over the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pride of life. That it would not be able to lead us into temptation and become sin. Deliver us, Father. You promised. Deliver us by empowering us to crucify ourselves in you and humble ourselves in you. And cast all our cares upon you, Father. In Jesus' name, that we, not, that we give up control. We be delivered from iniquity. So that we would not be led away by our own lust into temptation deliver us from temptation and father by your authority i loose that authority so that we can tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and you promised that nothing would by any means hurt us therefore i pray that you would deliver us from the evil one in hand and i pray that you would deliver the evil one into our hands that we might bind him with fetters of chains Cast him into the pit. 
And then, Father, I pray you would examine all of our motives to make sure that the, the reason we're praying and doing all of these things is for your kingdom, your honor, your power, your glory, and not for ourselves, not for our glory. And then I usually pray his prayer request at some point in there. Father, by your grace, I loose the authority of God to drive your people out into the harvest. You said for me to pray that you would thrust out laborers into your harvest. So whatever it takes, God, whatever you've got to do, get us out of our place of comfort and complacency and out of our excuses and send us into the harvest. Every day I pray for you like that. Oh, he didn't just teach me to pray like that. Oh, he didn't just teach preachers to pray like that. He said, after this manner, pray ye. Well, when do you talk in tongues? All throughout that. Before it, after it, through the rest of the day. You know, Brother Wright, I, I just can't think of anything to pray long enough to pray an hour. That's because you're praying for you. If you'd quit praying for you and cast all your cares on him and start praying for participating in his kingdom, you would never have enough time to pray. You'd find yourself praying through the rest of the day. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost. You know every individual in here that's given any opportunity to your spirit and your word to find a logic place in their heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, by your spirit, by your word, by your grace, I command this authority that's in each and every one of us that's submitted to the authority that you gave to this church. I command... That they rise up in that authority and pray with that faith and with that authority over their neighborhoods, over their families, over where they work, over where they go to school, over their, their county, over their city, over their state. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that souls will be saved. Souls will be saved. That a great harvest will be brought into the kingdom of God. You say you pray that way just for Antioch? Oh, no. There are men who have by their own choice submitted to the authority of the bishop. And I pray for every single individual every day that is submitted to the authority of this office. Not to me, to this office. I pray for them. Sometimes individually, sometimes collectively. That includes you. That includes them too. Because this isn't about Antioch. This is about the world. This is about the lost going to heaven. This is about all of us. Are there days I don't feel as much when I pray that as other days? Oh yeah. You know what keeps me praying that? Because he said to pray it. I've said this before. You didn't believe me then. Maybe you'll believe me now. I hope. Since... The first Friday night of August 2003, I have not asked for anything for me personally one time. Not one time. I haven't told him one thing I wanted or one thing he want, I wanted him to do for me. Not one time. 
since that day, that's the day that my life changed, my prayer changed, and I've done nothing but cast all of my cares. Everything I care about. You can laugh if you want to. I cast the Orioles on him. Say, that's stupid. No, unfortunately, I care whether or not they win or lose. I don't pray for them to win. I pray to get that out of my spirit. Because it's the only way I can follow it. Because if it gets in my spirit, in my emotions, then I won't be able to follow it at all. So I cast it. Anything, anything that can affect my emotions, that's not God affecting my emotions, I want it gone. I want it gone. I don't mean get rid of it. I mean cast it. I don't want to influence it. I am by nature a decision maker, a problem solver. I don't know how long he'll let me do it. I don't do it very often. But over the last three or four years especially, every once in a while I'll play free cell. I think, let's see, I'll tell you in a minute. I am now at... 9,350 consecutive games solved. That's not a luck card game. It's strategy. It's problem solving. I am a problem solver. I'm a fixer. I'm a decision maker. You know what makes a good decision maker? Someone's not afraid to be wrong. But you know what I have to do? He won't let me meditate on one problem. Not one. All he allows me to do is cast, 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 cast. Why? Because the time I've got to pray, I'm going to do what Paul said in Romans in Ephesians 6 and pray for all the saints. And I'm praying for this world. And I'm praying for the name of Jesus, the kingdom of God, the will of God to be established in the earth. You know why? Hear me now, I'm done. Hear me. Because when God created man in Genesis 1, He gave him dominion over all the earth, told him to subdue it. But man sinned. And He gave up that authority. And the devil confiscated authority that wasn't his because he tricked man into sinning, which meant that man did not have a right anymore to use that authority. But now, redeemed man is given that authority back. And it's now time for us to subdue in the spirit. We're not adversaries of governments, of the military, of any people, of politics. I don't care any, I could care less about all of that. My father's in control. He sets one up and puts another down. You think this election is going to be influenced by you or money or whatever? My book says he's going to put up the one he wants up and want down the one he doesn't want up. You say, but, You mean he would put somebody up that's horrible? If it serves the purpose of his kingdom and fulfilling his word, yes. And you know what? Some of you may not like this. I'm going to make a political statement from this pulpit. There ain't nobody worth voting for. There's not one of them I would trust throwing how far I could throw them and I'm too old to try. 
I don't trust one of them. I don't believe one of them. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. You mean every politician is a hypocrite? I didn't say that. But it's hard to find one that isn't. It's the truth. It's easy to prove. Just go back all over the, all the campaign promises that everyone's ever got elected said. And then go over their record and see how many of them did what they said they were going to do. Well, I, I'm all for you. Just get all wrapped up in that if you want to. That's what carnal people do. Does it look like I'm being facetious? I meant exactly what I said. Because politics is divisive. Divisive. And if you've got a political opinion and you're a part of this church, keep it to yourself or you're going to get the opportunity to see if I've got bad breath. Because your political opinion is not going to be expressed in this church to the division of this body. I don't care who you're for, what you're for, who you vote for. That's your business. But it's not your right to tell everybody, anybody else here, and try to divide this body over that mess. Go to the polls, vote. I don't care. I don't care. I probably will go. Just so I can leave that part blank. I'll go vote for the other people on the ballot. Uh, really, right now, honestly, it is my intention to leave the presidential election blank. Don't trust either one of them. Don't believe in either one of them. Frankly, I listen to all of them because my wife, she likes to, she listens to that. Sometimes I ended up having to listen to a couple of those debates out of self-defense. That's pretty entertaining, wasn't it? All it was was entertainment. Folks, it's our time. Say, well, okay, okay, I'm going to see if it is. Nah, that's all you're ever going to do is see. Because you're not going to be a part of it. The only people going to be a part of what God's doing the rest of this year, those that first of all get involved with prayer. Prayer. I don't have time to pray. You got time to sleep, don't you? Well, I need to sleep. No, you need to pray. Well, I need to eat. No, you need to pray. Well, I need some rest. No, you need to pray. You're being ridiculous. Oh, so you don't have any loved ones or friends you don't want to go to hell forever? I thought I was done. I'm going to read these verses and try to be done. Ezekiel 22 and 30, is that it? Or is it? I think that's what it is. Ezekiel 22 and 30, I think that's it. So I get those twists. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's it. I sought for a man among them. Amen. Just just find some one person that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Next verse. Therefore. Because I sought for someone that would pray. I sought for someone that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge.
I sought for someone that would, 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 would step in and, and, and fulfill my word so that that would allow me to show mercy instead of judgment. But I couldn't find anyone. Therefore, have I poured out mine indignation upon them. And I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads. See, they weren't innocent, saith the Lord God. He would have saved them even though they were guilty if he could have found somebody to pray for them. That's not a guilt trip. That's the Word of God. There's not anybody in this room I want to see lost. There's not anybody that's ever been a part of this church I want to see lost. There's not anybody that lives in this entire area I want to see lost. They don't have to come to this church. They don't ever have to know... I preached or I prayed. I don't care. That doesn't matter. I just want to see people saved. Where they get saved, who's their pastor, where they pay their tithes, I don't care. I just want to see people go to heaven. I don't want to see people lost. But I'm more convinced than I've ever been in my entire life that if I say I have faith for for revival and harvest and I don't pray, I don't mean a word I say. I don't mean a word I say. There are some days I only have an hour, an hour and a half. I got stuff pressing me to do. And I try to continue to pray throughout the day. The days I enjoy and long for are the days where I have nothing pressing me at all. At least in the first half of the day. And I could just let the Spirit take me in prayer wherever he wants whatever he wants me to talk to speak to speak to bind loose wherever and now (laughs) I bind every demonic spirit that's in this room that's captive inside this wall of angels I bind you with chains And with fetters of iron. By the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I command. By the authority. Given to me by God. That you go into the pit. And I loose and speak to these angels. To escort you there now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus name. Hallelujah. Some of you, I'm waiting for a big explosion. No, there could only be a big explosion if they had any authority to do anything. Did that just happen, Brother Wright? I don't know. You tell me. No, that's a lie. Let me. I know you have to decide for yourself. Had a prophet of God call me. He said, Bishop, I don't know what to do. I got spirits that visit my house. They torment one of my children. My, one of my children is very sensitive like I am. And she sees the stuff I see. Her mother doesn't understand it. And she keeps wanting me to pray the, the spirit of fear off of her. And the child doesn't have a spirit of fear. She's seeing stuff. And I see it too. He said, in fact, they come into my office sometime. And, 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 and they, they challenge me and torment me. And I said, and what does it cost them? He said, pardon? I said, what does it cost them? What do you mean? So they come and go to torment you in your house, your family with impunity? 
And it doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't cost them anything. I tell you what you do. Every time they show up in your house, you've got the authority. You're a man of God. Bind them. Cast them in the pit. The word will get back. Don't go bothering him. You're going to lose. It's going to cost you. I love you. Sometimes your unbelief astounds me, but I still love you. Hallelujah. So that's not a nice thing to say. Oh, I know Jesus said that to his apostles all the time. I guess he wouldn't be nice to them either. So I'll say it to you again. Sometimes your unbelief astounds me, but I love you anyway. Because I haven't given up on you, see. One of these days, you'll know. One of these days, you'll see. I'm tired. It's been a long day. My feet are killing me. I would love to sit down. But I have to please him more than find relief from my feet. I feel to bow your head, please. Close your eyes. Jesus, by your spirit, I lose your spirit, your angels, to visit every individual that's a part of this church personally with some kind of divine visitation over the next few days or a week or so. Whether it be in the night by dream or vision or by an angelic visitation where they feel your spirit and the angelic presence rush all over them. Where they hear some kind of word from you, have some kind of dream or vision. Remember our frame, Father. Remember we're just dust. Remember, Father. Remember even your apostles struggle with their unbelief at times. Have mercy on us. Visit us. They saw you face to face every day. They saw you crucified. They saw you alive. And they still seem to struggle with unbelief at times. I'm not making an excuse for us, Father. I'm just asking you to have mercy on us and our flesh and our unbelief. Would you, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I loose the angels of God and the Spirit of God to come to each one of us in some way, some supernatural manifestation of visitation, and confirm your word to each of us that each one of us would become a part of your prayer army in this earth. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hello, Lord, oh, God, dear.
Thus saith the Lord, I speak unto my beloved people this night. Yea, I am the Lord your God. I am the I am. I am above all. I have created you. I have made you for my sake. You are mine. You're mine because I created you. You're mine because I died for you and shed my blood to purchase you for myself. Not to be punished or abused by me. But to be used and exalted by me. That I might be glorified through you. Oh, my people, don't you understand that I desire to make myself known to this world through you. That I've chosen you to be a conduit. I've chosen you to be a vessel. I've chosen you to be an instrument of me. Of my word, of my spirit, of my name, of my authority, of my power. I've chosen you. I've chosen you. I want you. My plan needs you. My purpose has need of you. I'm calling you this night. Yea, I, the Lord your God, I'm calling you this night. I call you. I call you to me. I call you to my side. I call you to my purpose. I want to fellowship with you in such an intimate way that you and I are bound together, two against all the forces of this world, and I will never let you be defeated if you will walk with me because I have chosen you. You, you, not the one sitting beside you. I've chosen you. You are mine. I put my spirit within you. I put my name upon you. I, I covered you with my blood. You are mine. I have called you. Yea, come unto me. Give yourself to me. Let me pray through you. I will give you great peace. And through that great peace, I will give you great victory. Great joy. My joy will be in you and I will make your joy full to overrunning. I am the Lord your God. I am. The I am that I am has called you this night. Will you not respond to me, saith the Lord? Will you not say yes to me? For I am your Father, your Savior, your Husband, your friend, your fellow laborer, saith the Lord. In the name of Jesus. If you'll give the Spirit chance, He'll bear witness with your Spirit that He has spoken to you. Just give him, give him a chance. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. I am not, cannot dismiss this service. You will need to do what you need to do or feel led to do. God bless you.
my servant and grab arm with him. Hear my servant and you shall see my glory. For I have many in this area that I desire to see saved. Many grab arm with my servant and ye shall have joy unspeakable. I know some of you had plans for tonight, but can you just put them on hold for a little bit here? And you and the Lord do some business. Would you and the Father do some business here? Jesus' name. Jesus' name. 